Welcome to The Winner's Edit, a Survivor storyline and editing podcast. I'm your host, Joe. And what's up? I'm Dan. And we are covering episode nine, technically, of season 39, Island of the Idols, Survivor. Two for the price of one. And we got rid of two just worthless contestants this time around, as we all expected. Oh, yeah, definitely not two of our main characters. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, at this point, I feel like I'm doomed to every week predict it to be, or sorry, not every week, but every time a double boot comes out, we expect it to be the, like, goats, but every single time, it's always one of our more complex characters. Like, last time, it was David and Kelly both left in the double boot. Now it's Aaron and Missy. I feel like they, like, somehow the universe makes it so that it's always, like, a pair of people. (laughs) Yeah, I... Yeah, and with this twist that they've done again now, I think once we saw it just pick off people who are already on the bottom, uh, Jenna Bowman never forget. But this time, it went the other way. So I guess my question to you, Joe, is did we see actually see anything different than, in my opinion, one of the biggest travesties of all time, which was in Ghost Island, the twist that just enabled a pagonging? Because... Sure, this was edited differently, and this is edited as if it was a flip. But if you look at who left on both tribes, it was original Lyro members instead of uh, original Vokai members that, like, last week were in control. You know what I mean? Like, we actually just saw the same thing in a Pagan game. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. It was just they were edited as the people in power now. So it feels better to me. I'm one of the people who's like, yeah, now I like this twist because it's getting rid of people I wasn't necessarily so high on. See, I think I was always the resident Missy defender, Aaron, whatever, he was fine. But um, and so for me, it was a travesty because it really was just like just like in Ghost Island, it was take out the two strongest minority tribe members of like like the tribe that has fewer members and mm. like. Missy and Aaron were clearly the two threats left of Lyro. Yeah. So, like, of original Lyro, and now they're gone. At two for the price of one for the Vokai majority is one way to kind of view this episode. Mm-hmm. But still, I feel like with these two going out, it leaves us with a pretty bizarre final nine. Yeah, this has got to be <laughs> up there with Gabon. It's just, like, one of the most wackadoodle endgame group of people ever, right? Yeah, it's weird to imagine that we still have, like... Add all of Dean, Krishma, Nora, uh, none of like Missy or Kelly or Jamal or Aaron even. Mm-hmm. It's legitimately Tommy and like eight crazy people, basically. Right? <laughs> like eight actual characters. Yeah, right. Like people that you would just like you would describe as a character in quotation marks. Like, mm-hmm. like Dean, Elaine, um, Karishma, Nora. Lauren are all there. Not even to mention Dan. Like these are all people mm-hmm. that are larger than life, strange people that generally leave like first or second. Like it's like six first boots. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at the first four women to have gone, and it's Molly, Chelsea, Kelly, and Missy, who feel like they should be the last four left. Oh, they were. If you look at like the preseason, they were absolutely the people that like got the most winner picks. Mm-hmm. They were the bold, beautiful, mo- highest chance of winning, and instead you're there with Nora and like <laughs> Nora and Karishma are there instead. It's yeah. very stunning and kind of hard to kind of wrap your mind around. But it kind of is how Survivor kind of should end up, right? Like 
theoretically people should learn that the same kind of people tend to make the end. So you should target them early. I think we're just kind of seeing the byproduct of that kind of finally happening. Yeah. Someone said it was a nice way to cap off like the end of the thirties because there's been this like meta that like, Oh, you need to hide behind people and it's targets and stuff. And it's like, what's happening is all the targets are going out. Like, yeah. Jeremy Collins meat shield strategy kind of defined the thirties, right? Mm-hmm. Like Cambodia comes out and he, it's like something no, no one's ever heard of before. But now survivors kind of retreat it back as people are like, oh, no, we need to counter the meat shield people. And in this episode, I think there's no finer. There's almost a little summary, a, like a goodbye, uh, farewell to that strategy in this episode when Dean is trying to hide behind Aaron and they just don't care. <laughs> Aaron just leaves anyway. Right? And, I mean, Dean himself doesn't care. He yeah. still votes Aaron. So, yeah, an interesting, interesting episode. It was very, as you put it before we started, matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Didn't leave much room for uh, sort of tangents or anything. It was getting where it needed to and what it needed to do. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. In 44 minutes, they had to explain how two of their biggest, most interesting characters who they presented as strong got outplayed, right? Like that's mm-hmm. a huge undertaking. They had to do an endurance challenge. It's quite a lot. Like they had two tribals. Yeah. It really is a pretty complicated sort of episode that they had here. And you're right. Like there really was not much room for symbolism, like long-term narrative. And I think it's a kind of a really unfortunate situation where last week was such a heated and charged episode, both in the, in the actual episode in the script there. And also in the survivor fandom, right? We had a lot of like very passionate and like completely deserved takes and feelings put out there into the survivor ether Mm-hmm. In this episode, uh, literally addresses none of them. It, it, it's like last week didn't happen. And it was just a regular episode. Mm-hmm. If you missed last week, you wouldn't know that anything bad happened, um, which is right. definitely something that's very interesting. But yeah, I, I think it is kind of an unfortunate side effect to the fact that in the game on the island, they chose to do this double boot twist that does occupy so much time. There wasn't much time to explain anything else. Well, and I wonder, because I was thinking about the episode, like after recorded and all that last week. And I wonder how much of what we've seen and how we're reacting to it is actually in the minds of the people still playing the game on the beach at this point. Mm-hmm. Cause I almost feel like it was a situation and it was an unfortunate situation, but if you look at who's left, it doesn't, it might not necessarily be playing into their game as much as we'd want it to. So I, I've seen a lot of people really on this episode for dropping it. And maybe the, it is that eye of the storm. Everyone's thinking about that. This is just a spot before it gets worse again. But I also think there's a possibility that that was sort of the head. Everything was building up to. And now we might just drop it back into the game as we sort of predicted last time. So yeah i mean i think this is another sort of situation where joe was right i think last week you were really banging the drum of this it's just gonna go back to normal and i was like i don't know if it will and i think you were right because we are i think it's kind of a twofold like i'm saying i do think part of it is the necessary evil of the twist here that they implemented but part of it is you're right who here left is upset by the situations last week from what we can tell on the show no one right Kelly and Jamal are quickly taken out of the game and they're the ones who really were standing up against the situation. Janet's there. 
but I feel like she almost feels like like gaslit to a point of um, right. absurdity, right? Where we see in this episode the one kind of connecting thread, and I think the one thing that people and for me, I kind of gave a pass is like their acknowledgement of last week was we did have Janet go to Dana and apologize, like very strange and uncomfortable situation, but she apologized and they work through their problems mm-hmm. because I think that's actually how the people on the Island view it. I think yeah. they do see it as Janet was misled and Dan did nothing wrong. Or if he did stuff wrong, it wasn't that bad and was exaggerated. And I think, I honestly think that survivor at this point, I think I'm confident in saying was stunned and shocked that they didn't handle the situation at, at, amazingly. I think they thought that this was a slam dunk episode last week and they handled it perfectly. They did not expect a backlash is what I'm, I think parsing from everything that's happened. Right. Yeah. Um, other thoughts on the episode. I know I've been rough on challenges recently but like for christmas you can just get me a ball and a hoop because i love this challenge it's fascinating it's just it looks like so much fun to do yeah no i agree i agree i'm a soccer for this challenge they've done stuff like this a couple times Mm -hmm. and like elaine said right like it's it's fun when they do not like always physical stuff they do like redneck games i don't Mm -hmm. want it always to be like that but this was kind of fun i like seeing the different styles and how people play it like how yeah. Missy's was going like 700 miles an hour and then the Orange <laughs> was like barely going around the circle, but yeah. both are valid. That was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. And you have like Janet moving like her whole body, whereas like some people aren't moving at all. It's just, mm-hmm. and all of it can win and that's like fun. So yeah, the one thing that I thought was a little weird was like the additional prize, like the peanut butter and <laughs> yeah. jelly was a little dumb and tacked on. Yeah. And like, I know I had forgotten at that point, like, that Nora should keep going. I was like, oh, Nora's, Nora won, so she's going to celebrate now. And then I was like, oh, yeah, she should be keep going. But, yeah. The weird thing is, like, did Jeff tell them while they were competing? Yeah, like, he told them after Karishma was eliminated. Yeah. <laughs> so, Which, did, like, did Nora not hear that? Is that why she dropped? Well, I mean, even if you hear it, it's like you're already in the zone. Yeah. Like, I think, I feel like I would be half listening at that point. Yeah, because Jeff usually just yells, like, from what we can tell, just incoherent nonsense at you constantly during these (laughs) challenges to try Mm -hmm. and break your focus. That's like Survivor 101. I probably wouldn't be listening to what he's saying either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I can't really blame Nora there at all because it seemed like she was actually in the dark because she seemed she didn't seem like, oh, my goodness, I forgot. She seemed like, oh, wait, really? That's a thing. (laughs) Like, she seemed surprised. So I feel like she didn't hear, which is just, like, unfortunate. And it, but it's absolutely totally Nora. To mm-hmm. do. Huh. And the other strange thing here, so we have this twist. I feel like they did a terrible job personally of explaining how they got the groups. Like, yeah, I guess it was random, but yeah, I was kind of expecting like a quick Island of the Idols thing where they would get to choose how the groups were split. Mm-hmm. But it's like, or something just so we can see it, because I like. But how does it happen? And I agree because yeah, like that's the thing is. We have a mechanism in this season to deal with all the dumb stuff that, like, is a necessary in Survivor for fairness. Like, random tr- like random allotments. Why not just have it be like, oh, Rob and Sandra picked who were on each one or whatever. Like, yeah. Uh, and, an advantage to pick the sides. Something like that. Yeah. And weird to do it at 11. Like, <laughs> make them purposefully uneven. Like, I don't hate it, but. Why not wait around? <laughs> just a lot of strangeness here. 
that just feels wrong. Because, like, it's not even like there was a medevac or anything. So it's not like they're trying mm-hmm. to catch up. Like, that's usually what these things are kind of explained as. Like, oh, yeah, you know, they uh, had to catch up to the schedule somehow. But that's not what it is. They clearly planned for this. They, I guess they liked the idea. Part of me was wondering if they expected somebody to take the advantage without power or whatever. The thing mm-hmm. Janet turned down. Mm-hmm. And they expected that person to be in the six. Uh, maybe. That seems pretty. You're right. It seems like too, like, in the of... weeds. A lot of things to have to go together for it all to yeah. work out. <laughs> Survivor planning that far ahead and actually thinking about their uh, <laughs> design, no way. Um, especially because then you could end up with a four-person, four-person tribal and a six-person tribal. <laughs> so maybe that isn't what they were doing. I don't know. It's very weird, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, like you said, I think the episode overall was fine, and I think that's good enough for what we needed it to be. It was definitely like a good, I, I liked that it was very evenly distributed. I feel like everybody got a chance to uh, kind of explain their thought process. I know a lot <laughs> of people are unhappy that some people got to explain their thought process. Yes. But yeah. I'm a little conflicted on it myself. What do you, I guess for me, I like hearing what every player, because I'm somebody who cares a lot about the game. So I want to know what's happening in the game no matter what. Even mm-hmm. if, when it's somebody that I find reprehensible, I do want to hear how they're thinking about navigating the game. Because at this point, I do think that like Dan's going to not get removed, I don't think, unless it accelerates. I think he's mm. in there. I think he's in there till the end, um, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah. because of that, I don't want just like his his uh, perspective to be gone because it does seem like he has an important perspective on the island. I don't want them to just erase that. I do want to hear where he's coming from. That's what I don't want, like positive scenes with him. But I do want to know who he wants to vote with, who he wants to vote out, because it does seem like his voice doesn't matter. So I guess that's my take on it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we'll get to Dan later and I'll have more, I guess, thoughts on this because it is interesting how it's really just back to that sort of complex Dan we saw before. Um, I guess what would I like to see? I don't know. It's hard. I feel like you could have gotten away with not giving Dan as much time in this episode. Like Lauren was there to articulate things. Um, we know she can do a good job of that. And you had plenty of voices on that side. I don't think he was needed here, but I think you're right in that when he is a really important character in all this, like he has to, like he has to be there. That's just like part of the game. Unfortunately, is no matter how good or bad a person is, we still need how they're playing. Yeah, um, and I do think I guess he is sort of integral to this plot, and he shows how Janet sort of wormed her way back into things. Exactly. I feel like maybe Nora was someone else who could have done that, but I feel like Dan also makes a lot of sense given their sort of relationship is the most long lasting. Yeah. At this point, I'm almost wondering if Janet and Dan are like the, we often talk about the complex duo of a season. I almost wonder if it is Janet and Dan. It almost feels like it at that point. At this point, we are kind of calling that it might be Kelly and Dan. It's kind of unsettling that, the two contenders there it both involved Dan. At one point, it felt like Kelly and Dan at this point, when we thought maybe it turns into a positive relationship. Turns out we were very wrong on that, but mm-hmm. I mean, they clearly had a huge story together, unfortunately, but I think Janet Dan is a possibility there, and I mean, yeah, I guess we can talk more about Dan later, but it is kind of... The, the narrative of this episode, anyway, was how Janet and Dan reconvene to keep Janet safe. Which is unfortunately very icky because Dan's the character we despise and Janet's the character we love. And you usually don't want the, like, sometimes you don't want the chocolate and the peanut butter. Um, 
So it was just kind of like hard to watch almost as it's like, oh, but that's the one I'm supposed to really want to cheer for. Uh. And it's like, it's obviously good for Janet, but mm-hmm. like the way she has to do it is doesn't feel right. Yeah, I felt like a little kick in my like stomach, you know what I mean? Like it was a mm-hmm. unfortunate that that's the kind of thing that has to happen. But yeah, overall, this was an episode that was fine. And I think kind of clarified where a lot of the narratives are going to be going moving forward. Really? I feel like we took out two weirdly key players who and left all these sort of stragglers behind. I don't have such an idea of where it's going from here, I think. I guess to me, mostly like the people who got narratives in this episode kind of kickstarted, namely Mm -hmm. Dan Karishma and Tommy, feel like they're going to be important in long term players is something that this episode kind of just reaffirmed for me. Like, each one of them got kind of a little story reset. Right, right. That makes me think that they will be here for a while. Mm-hmm. So that's basically how I kind of saw it, is that they used this episode, the small amount of time they had, to just every once in a while be like, hey, by the way, Karishma is proving herself. She's mm-hmm. different than people think she is. By the way, she found an idol. Yep. So yeah, that's anything else before we move to the stories? I don't think so. Sweet. So... Um, we're going to start here, I guess, with the story of proving who you are on the inside, despite what you appear to be. And I feel like there's, as I was just saying, I feel like there's no better example of that in this episode than Karishma, who, Mm -hmm. I mean, literally articulates the theme kind of where she's like, everybody thinks I'm a goat. And the definition of a goat is that you're predictable, but jokes on them. I'm not predictable. Ergo, I'm not a goat. Mm -hmm. I think define this episode, right? I feel like that's what you leave this episode thinking is. Are they wrong about Karishma? Are we wrong about Karishma? I feel like is the real question that I had exiting this episode. Yeah, it's very much, is this, like, has Karishma decided to start playing the game? Is she going to be a major force from here on out? And this Proving Here You Are theme does relate back to her other stuff where she talks about um, how her culture and her marriage, which comes back up here in an interesting way. And yeah, you see... All sorts of interesting things where I like there's a parallel between uh, her cutting her hand and no one caring versus her faking sickness and them insisting on bringing the doctor. And it's all old Vokai members. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. But yeah, definitely a story for Karishma this episode is proving who she is um, despite what other people think. Yeah. And this theme in general, I think, was all over the place here. You have mm-hmm. Janet basically being like, I was going to quit. I didn't because I always, always want to prove who I am to my family and the people in the game. Yeah. Um, Powerful scene continues to be a theme for Janet. Yeah. Sort of the sidebar of connecting to people on this is how you see the dichotomy between how Missy interacts with Krishma versus how Elaine does it and how mm-hmm. she explains how she's doing it, how Tommy is treating Krishma, all sorts of stuff like that. Absolutely agree. And I think there is a side point here where, a lot of this season, a lot of our primary characters have articulated how hard it is for them to connect to people. We have, for example, Nora, and I think it's episode two at Tribal, basically be like, uh, I'd rather stick out and stick in kind of thing, like that really mm-hmm. funny comment she said. And she's basically like, most people don't like talking to me. I don't have many friends outside my real life. Like, I do have a problem here. Krishma in this one is basically says... Listen, I thought I would be the jungle queen. I thought everybody would be my best friend. People say, play the social game. I wanted to do that. But these people don't like me. And that's just a part about me. I have to do what I can 
in spite of that. I thought that was kind of a touching and very like poignant thought on the game of Survivor because the lame sauce uh, Survivor podcast take is always going to be play the social game. And well, what does that mean when people don't like you? Mm-hmm. And I think Krishma is a really fascinating kind of thought experiment on that. Like, can you play a social game while being somebody that no one likes? Yeah. Yeah, it is very... I mean, we'll get to Krishna so much when we get to individual people, but it is very interesting to see her navigate this game. And also Nora, where there's these two people who people are blatantly like, okay, at Tribal, I'm going to say all these things why I don't like you. And (laughs) your best bet is to be okay with that. And just seeing people like this, this far in the game especially, is very intriguing. Oh, yeah. And I think it's so obvious at this point that we're seeing, I think rightfully so, people basically being like, I am not going to sit there on national television and get laureled. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's what it is, is Krishma's like, I am not going to be the person that just sits there and lets people berate me at tribal every time mm-hmm. about how stupid I am and just let them do it because I have a safe chance at the end. Like, no way. And I applaud all these people, Nora, Krishma, all being like, there's no way my destiny is going to be the person who gets insulted on national television for 14 weeks for how stupid I am. Right. So good job them. Um, I don't know if I feel like this is probably a bad move for, for Karishma, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, Christmas from a game standpoint standpoint, I think Karishma is just interesting to think about, like, what is her best yeah. trajectory from here anyway? But yep, that's a know. good point. And yeah, the only other thing here is, I mean, we had uh, no dig into Karishma. Like mm-hmm. she really speaks her mind about how lazy Krishna is around camp. This mm-hmm. has been tied to this theme the whole time is it's more important to prove who you are rather than say who you are. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of the kind of dichotomy here, this theme and Nora kind of fails a little bit here. <laughs> yeah. Poor Nora. Poor. <laughs> Anything else on this theme? I don't think so. Cool. So next is the, how social factors limit your upward trajectory and complicate a social game. I mean, the most telling one in this episode is just at Tribal. The really touching scene, in my opinion, where Missy is like, Jeff, I love you, but you screwed up. You didn't pay attention to the fact that two minorities won immunity together when this is like not one of the like this is one of like what the second time that uh, two black women have made the merge in Survivor. Mm -hmm. Am I right on that? I think because I remember that being a big deal at Game Changers. Yeah, I don't know if it's happened other than Game Changers. So, but yeah, it's it's not a very high chance because they don't cast many and but like it really is a thing, right? Like she even calls out like the I think most sad part about this whole episode was Missy saying, well, women get voted out first usually and it's minorities right after. And then you look at the order of people who've gotten voted out in this merge and it's literally minorities in a row is yeah. really sad because she was right. You know what I mean? Like this is one of those like Pyrrhic victories kind of thing where it's just like, okay, we see she completely outlines a correct statement. And then the sad irony is that we know she's getting voted out right after was and that she doesn't even know Aaron's been voted out. Oh yeah, she does. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. She does. But yeah, it's just, we enter this merge with such a diverse like group. And then, yeah, there is this sort of thing where they're falling one by one. And this is right. I mean, literally last week was the merge. So we've had one episode of in the merge and it's already now gone back to predominantly white people. Mm -hmm. And before it was not like one week, four people go and they're all people of color. Mm -hmm. 
is really, really sad. And I think Missy completely outlines it here. At this point, I don't think this is the winner's theme in any way. I think this is a pattern theme. Yeah, I think I almost think they look at the cast they have and what went on last episode and knew this could be really big and really important, honestly, to explore and express. Because I think we're really fortunate that it went outside of Dan's incident where you had those pre-merged tribals with Jamal and Kelly or Jamal and Jack and all those things to see. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, it was great that it was explored, but sort of how I'm viewing how this game is playing out, I think it is almost completely severed from the winner to almost make it palatable however you fall on these issues, unfortunately. Yeah, that's basically how I see it. At this point, to me, I'm confident it's an apology theme basically and maybe even like apologies a little harsh the idea like a pattern right like they this is what Mm -hmm. happened this is why like the final three is like all white people or something like i think that's very very likely and kind of unfortunate but i think yeah or like yeah despite the result this was extremely important and it should be important and so we're gonna focus on it so exactly Mm -hmm. and yeah i really do think that there's a like the one lingering person like thing where I think it could be relevant is I think there's a chance that Karishma is there at the end mm-hmm. and she's kind of doing the Angelina thing where she's paying lip service to this theme and mm-hmm. the final tribal is about how that doesn't matter and they reward someone else. Right. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Basically I think the actual and we kind of touched on this like three weeks ago when Emily Pandemonium brought up the idea of compromise to us. And I feel like to me that's what kind of made me finally see the forest for the trees here and be Realize that the theme is as much as it was a big progressive happy theme about like kind of propping up Kelly for how much she had to deal with in Jamal and all these people really behind it was this kind of insidious idea that actually compromise and uh, working with it with like, like actually like behind every woman's a guy behind every uh, powerful race relationships, Jack, you know what I mean? Like, um, that kind of idea was really the theme and it just continues to scare me more and more as people like Tommy continuously talk about how he's not going to be Vokai or Lyro. He's going to work with everybody. Um, It's almost Mm -hmm. like the stripping away of um, the identities that aren't just like who you are to your core kind of thing. All the things that you look like or sound like or stereotype does. I feel like this season trying to strip away, which is sad for how much they've paid attention to it already directly. Yeah, I think maybe an optimistic outlook is with whatever the Go Army is that's forming next episode. I think those would be very different people coming together and maybe running the game. I don't know. I cheer on the Go Army. I need to see who it is comprised of, actually. Well, let's be real. It's probably Dan, uh, Karishma, Nora. I see. Like, Nora and Karishma seem really strongly in there. But then I don't know if Dan is. Dan obviously looks like one to us. Like, yeah, that's without the a doubt. I don't think Dan looks like one because, like, Dan was lumped into Dean's like physical threats category. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know who it is aside from Noren Karishma, but yep, you're not wrong there. I guess the one argument that can maybe throw Dan in in the goat category is we have that episode where Messi calls him irrelevant, but I also think that was kind of set dressing for last week. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. But yeah, yeah. Pray for the goat army that doesn't comprise of Dan. Dean could be in the goat army. 
Yeah, it's Dean is the real question mark. I feel like he yeah. should be even within the scope of the game, but doesn't seem like he is. Maybe I don't know. I'm excited. He's too much of a goat for the goat army. <laughs> Speaking of the goat army, quite frankly, is oh, the other yeah. big theme here all season is likability is a liability. Two more people pay this price. Um, it's the thing that everybody's talking about on the internet. Everybody who is presented as likable is getting voted out of this game super fast. Even Missy, I know she was presented in this episode specifically as unlikable, at least villainous or cold, but she was presented as the threat mm-hmm. and more likable than Karishma. Yeah, and we've seen her in this sort of very social, powerful role all game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with, I think, Aaron too, to some extent, we saw oh, how, he, how he wormed his way into Vokai on the swap tribe and all that, so... Yeah, and I mean, specifically, they were kind of weighing on the Janet versus Aaron thing. They're like, well, okay, Janet's a threat, but like, look at Aaron. He's such a threat. Yeah. As much as likability, it's likability as well as your threat status. This is specifically a theme uh, mm-hmm. where it's the threats get voted out and are specifically compared to the non threats. Yeah. And it's still acknowledging that, like, oh, Janet, she makes it to then she wins. Elaine, super likable. Mm-hmm. Like there's still these sort of bullseyes on people that need to be resolved. And, and then, then you have stuff like the goat army coming in, which is obviously people who are not likable. And when you've left enough of them in or gathered enough of them, they rise up and take the power. Yes. The one interesting thing here, I guess, is um they Missy labels Tommy is too likable to bring to the end. He's gonna win the game. He's a teacher. Reminds mm-hmm. us of all that stuff. Could be a bad sign for Tommy especially with the impending goat army, which I feel like is a direct uh, response to this theme. It, it, it seems like it all stems from that to me almost. Yeah, because I mean, of people left in the game, Tommy doesn't feel like he's in the goat army. Like Next week, I'm sure we're going to get an episode or a confessional where Tommy somehow lumps himself into being a goat. Like I'm sure that's what we're going to see. He's going to be like, I have red hair. When's the last time a red hair <laughs> person's won the game? Uh, I'm a goat too, and somehow somehow gets in there because Tommy apparently just has uncanny ability to just be in every checkbox. So mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I think that's sort of the thing with Tommy is that Edgic obviously sees him as this almost perfect front runner, but I think if you look at the game more casually, Tommy hasn't done much of anything and doesn't look like this super threat. Maybe so. I guess yeah, I wouldn't be so surprised, but. As someone who follows the edit, it just seems like, how could you ever put Tommy in there? Yeah, if they try to present Tommy as a goat, just, like, cash him the check. Like, it doesn't do that. <laughs> Everything doesn't even matter. Um, or if he's, like, the swing vote between the two. Yes, yes. Yeah. I think that's going to happen, to be honest. My other theory, though, is that Dean will kind of be uh, roped into this here. Because one thing that we've got from, like, episode one is... Like, Aaron, Ronnie, all these people describe Dean as, like, cartoonishly unaware of how bad he is at challenges and how much of, like, a loser he is, right? Like, mm-hmm. even in this episode, Boston Rob's like, look at Dean rolling up his uh, muscle shirt. Like, what a loser. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely a theme of Dean is a goat and he doesn't realize it, right? Like, mm-hmm. from the very start, from the let's split the votes, everything, it's it's making fun of him. I would not be surprised if Dean is actually our Laurel. Mm-hmm. Like the part, like there's a goat army of like Karishma and Nora, and you're like, oh my god, yes, slay Karishma and Nora, you got this. <laughs> and Dean decides, oh no, I need to keep Tommy around because, uh, you know, he's a threat, and I'm a threat too, right? 
Mm-hmm. And then he gets to the end and everyone's like, no one saw you as a threat, Dean. You were a loser with a capital L. <laughs> right? And that seems like his story. Yeah, possibly. He's the guy who ruined everything. He didn't tell Kelly to play the idol. Um, like, he split the vote when he, everybody was there. That's continuously his thing. He's, he's that guy that just ruins everything. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's kind of, I think, feel like next week's going to be the story of, like, Dean not realizing where he belongs. Yeah, cool. Yeah, because that's kind of what the next time it's sort of like Dina saying this good army is arising, but not taking the opportunity that he has there. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I could almost see it laid out like Laura, where she's like, "Okay, I have um an easy path to the end if I just lay with these guys, or if I flip, I might have a slightly difficult time getting there. Better stay with them. I wouldn't be surprised if it's literally just like, okay, um." these goats are going to band together, but I'm not a goat. And what happens when all the threats get voted out? I'm the next threat. And the edit's like, no, Dean, you were never a threat. You should have gone <laughs> this way because you could have beat Karishma and Nora. Right. Yeah. They do that sometimes. And I wouldn't be surprised if it is kind of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Cool. Next, we'll move here to teaching, seeking a mentor. Obviously in this episode, we get um, Tommy. We were reminded again that Tommy's a teacher. And that's pretty important. Mm-hmm. Separate to that, we have had this like in the background, like high school, middle school, lunch table, like mean girl style, like you can't sit with us theme going on all the way back to the Molly vote. In this episode, Tommy describes Karishma as like the bullied kid who now is the cool kid that everybody wants to sit with. We're reminded mm-hmm. that he's a teacher and that he was bullied as a kid. All these things kind of wrap together of like how important teachers are and good role models are that as Elaine says, give you words of encouragement rather than tear you down Mm -hmm. episode one of this season was all about what the best teachers in your life caused you to become as in a good person and this episode reminded us of this and i feel like it's the first time where i'm i think we were 100 right that this was a major theme that they were telling us there was just no content about it for like quite a while but this was literally just like a reminder like oh yeah tommy we were told that he had a really hard childhood and his teacher saved his life or whatever. And this is a reminder of that. And now he's doing it using that experience to become a good person to Karishma. It's pretty good storytelling survivor editors. Right. Yeah. It was good on them to maybe take the lull for this theme and then have it come back here and say, Oh, this is still really important. And I think obviously if you're a winner as a teacher, like it's going to come back, especially on this season's theme, but, uh, at least introducing it early, letting it sit in our minds, and then bringing it back when it's relevant. Yeah, I think, honestly, very good job there. I like the long-term storytelling. To me, it's clear that they actually thought about this. And the fact that Tommy, again, like we've been saying, just, like, wasn't really a factor until now, like, on the beach. I mean, is he? Yeah, I think we'll get to Tommy. And uh, you looked at my edict chart beforehand, and we're very shocked. So I think we have differing reads of just how Tommy was in this episode. Okay, so, cool. Uh, but... Yeah, it is interesting how they're presenting this person who continues to have little actual action in the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a very good point. And I can't wait to talk about that. Other than that, I feel like most of the themes were not up in front in, of our face at all. As we said, this is a very matter of the fact episode. Mm-hmm. So uh, if I'm okay with moving here to just individual people. I am as well. Awesome. So... We got the Lumuwaku tribe. I don't think last week we really got a chance to talk about this name. What do you think about the Lumuwaku tribe, Joe? I looked it up. It doesn't mean anything as far as I know. Uh, And yeah, we haven't been explained what it means. I mean, 
that's kind of par for the course now. Mm-hmm. Just know it's a tribe, and I think their logo is kind of ugly and boring. Yeah, no, no painters left on the in the game to really yeah, like no Joe to just sit there and get voted <laughs> out while <laughs> painting. Like, yeah, no one to really pump it up. I mean, yeah. someone did paint that tree. Hope is dope. So it's true. That's true. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that's that's our thing. Let's move here to Dan, who now we have to start with Dan. Yeah, Aaron's gone for the first time. We did not talk about Aaron first. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm, this so is Dan. so complicated because obviously there's a huge community of people on the internet and elsewhere that really wanted Dan to get removed from the game. And I feel like it's obvious at this point that CBS Survivor was just unequipped to deal with something as horrible as what's been happening in this season. Mm-hmm. They reacted in a way, in a certain way, and now we're just stuck here with Dan. I'm still not 100% sure whether which way to go. I feel like the more I think about it, the more I lean that they probably should have just removed him. But the matter is that is he is here. He does have a story, and he's clearly an important cog in the machine of the game right now, mm-hmm. and he's getting content for that. We talked about that a little bit earlier, but I don't know. To me, Dan is as long as long as he doesn't get removed is a lock for the final. Th- yeah. And I think that is sort of the scary thing to me, because I think in community edge communities and obviously the wider survivor community, like people don't want Dan to win. And so they're also saying Dan has no chance to win. And I think that is a little dangerous at this point, almost because, mm-hmm. yeah, Dan is still in the game. So but I think they presented what happened and that obviously put Dan into a very negative light as it should. And they did a really good job of showing all that up until that point. However, we've always been sort of pegging him as a losing finalist because of this negativity, just thinking it would come up and be a reason why he was not winning. But I think now that it sort of had a like earlier, I don't want to say resolution because maybe it's not done, but a peak in the story. I think I feel like there's a chance like they put the footwork there to make sure that was intentioned. And then all this complex content and this return to normal gameplay content could frankly be leading to a Dan win. And then from there, you have to say, I mean, the game's not rigged regardless of what people do. If Dan did these terrible things and he still wins, he still won. We have to show that somehow. And so it would be super unfortunate, but I think I think a Dan win would still make some sense at this point. 1000% endorse everything you're saying and it like physically pains me and I'm sure there's almost a the opposite of confirmation bias where it's something you dread so much that you see the realism in it. Mm-hmm. It's like um no one no one thinks monsters exist but kids are still really scared under the bed right like the your parents telling you oh no it's not gonna happen there's no monster there's there's nothing there makes kids be like oh no it's definitely there why are they telling me that Mm -hmm. um like we said dan has been edited you take out the obviously very creepy completely reprehensible actions that he's been doing his edits pretty good um and they don't dominate his content as much as you think yeah, there was a lot of almost like uh, sidelining Dan. Like they had showed his nasty moment each episode and then just didn't do anything else with him, which also makes sense if 
you don't want to focus too much on this character in the general scheme of things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so earlier in this episode, we talked about how this episode was kind of a swan song almost to the meat shield strategy that Jeremy Collins pop- popularized. One reason I, in when I was watching Cambodia, really thought Jeremy would win from like episode four was Jeremy outlining his strategy and philosophy on the game. That is one thing that basically unites all winners is at some point they explain what the game is to them, what their mm-hmm. defining strategy is. Right. Jeremy Collins meat, meat shield thing. Uh, ben, like you be yourself no matter what. Chris, the idea of a perfect game that he didn't get to do. Mm-hmm. Right. These are like huge, like philosophical ideas of how they view the game. Even Natalie White has. I'm going to sit there and let Russell be a bad guy right. because I think I can beat him in the end. Or Fabio's, I'm just a goofy person and I'm going to use that strategy. It's always there. I mean, when you said Chris, it's like, Chris, Chris's edit. You remember that mess? It was there. It's like. You want one thing that unites all winners? It's even freaking Jenna Maraska, who was the original joke winner, got, I'm just going to act like a pretty girl and dumb boys will vote for me kind of thing. It's Mm kind of her edit and you're meant to feel conflicted. Guess what? The only person in this entire season who has like a defining strategy is freaking Dan. In episode (laughs) three, Dan says, what's his view on the game of Survivor? Well, he's a Hollywood talent executive and he works with selfish people all the time. He wants to work with naive players to get him to the end where he can convince them that what's best for them is best for him. He's the only person who has an overarching, really clear game strategy. And that terrifies me. Even yeah. Tommy does not have that. Um, Tommy's the next closest where he's like, I want to connect one-on-one with people. Mm-hmm. Pretty general compared to, I want to work with naive players. Specifically when we've already got now confirmation of this goat army theme. What is another way to kind of describe a goat is a naive player. Right. Absolutely. Like that's your group there. It's really, it's going to be really telling where Dan falls on that. Like, and I think that's the thing is like, as an outside viewer, the way we've seen this, we want to see Dan as the villain he is, as like the goat, the like just bad player who has no chance of winning, uh, would be a terrible winner. But I think looking at it from a logical, edgic perspective, there's a path there where if Dan wins, how else do you present it? I think people are working from what they've seen and they want to be like, well, because I've seen all this, Dan cannot possibly win in the future. But I think we have to consider the editors went into this knowing one person wins and they need to build backward regardless of what happened in the season. Yeah. And the other thing is, okay, so we've heard a lot, obviously one kind of like edgic principle, editing principle, and you're kind of thinking about the story is would this be shown would they want their winner to be presented in this way could you have edited around it and the answer is yes with dan theoretically with an asterisk the asterisk <laughs> being could you imagine the backlash if kelly got on her exit interview when dan wins and says dan um is a sexual harasser mm-hmm. and they didn't show it and they edited him positively and not only that even if there were some people who were using it for the game but like you have Molly corroborating it and uh, like Karishma and Nora know what's happening. Like all those people speaking out and then you have the season just covering that up entirely. Like that would be 
death survivor season like death survivor canceling level yeah like that's like like cnn would cover it and i think that's one thing usually they want to edit the winners in some sort of positive cogent narrative but like something as serious as this which is a crime will not just get swept under the rug um Mm -hmm. they are gonna show this unfortunately no matter what especially because it did so obviously i think partly they're not gonna like at least you'd hope they wouldn't completely silence the victims they are gonna show this i do think that like jeff is visibly annoyed with dan in the last Uh episode in addition you do have people actually playing the game around it right and the game strategy probably makes less sense without it Mm -hmm. i do think this gets shown if dan wins yeah yeah absolutely it's just like yeah, no one might be happy with the fact that Dan wins, but it's not like they can say, like, redo the votes and have someone else win. It's just, <laughs> that's not how it works. And yeah, I mean, it's still, even though I feel like it sounds like we're super, like, saying it's possible that he wins, it's still hard for me to be like, Dan's a legitimate contender because I don't want to see it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I don't have Dan on my contenders list. And maybe if I were strictly a logical person, person i might because it all makes a sort of sense unfortunately no i'm the same way like don't get i think neither of us have him as our our top winner no or even number two (laughs) to be honest but to me i think it's irresponsible and i feel like i've seen like i've been reading unspoiled i've been reading a lot of things and basically everybody is saying it's zero and i think i think that's wrong i think that really is wrong it's just a complete dismissal because um i mean maybe some of the earlier stuff wasn't there you could see the early negativity um it's kind of like i know i'm sometimes guilty of just like you get a person who has a rough patch of episodes and then it's like even when they have strong episodes you just don't consider it because you've already dismissed them fully i think with dan there's so much reason to dismiss him on so many levels that it can kind of mask the actual edit that he's getting yeah and I mean, I've seen a lot of people say that we don't we don't have personal content from him. One, you're not in this season. You're not going to get Dan crying about his wife. I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> that's just not going to happen. Um, if he, if he wins, that's just not how they're going to edit this. But you do get like for Dan, you know more about him as a human than you do about Dean, than about um honestly Elizabeth, than about Lauren, than about Nora. Yeah, you know his job. You know he is married. You know all kinds of things about Dan throughout this. You do know who he is. You know how he views the game. It's absolutely something that I think people should be like sitting there crossing their fingers. Like, please do not happen because it's a possibility. Right. Like to me, honestly, we are to spoil things a little bit. I think we are literally getting a Tommy win. And I've been saying this for a couple of weeks. A Tommy win or Dan, Karishma, and Nora are the final three. Like, I think that is your options. And I'm not super low on Dan's chances against Karishma and Nora. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially almost after this episode. Like, I think Karishma and Nora are interesting people to talk about in this episode too. But yeah, after this and sort of seeing how the jury is, it feels like, Oh, maybe this is more possible than I thought last episode. Cause I was like, yeah, there's no way with how the story is stacking up that people like Dan or even Elizabeth or Missy have a chance. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, hmm. Yeah, and I mean, to be frank, um, we have this episode be about Janet apologizing to Dan. That's what this episode was about. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the episode's putting some blame on Janet for being kind of wrong. 
that's unfortunate and so terrible, but it makes Dan look good in this episode. Like it's kind of almost a look, Janet can forgive him. And separate to that, he was terrible, like behavior that completely unacceptable, not even close to the bar of it, like low bar of acceptable behavior. Yeah. I think this is the nicest anyone could be edited being that way in episode one like they talk about it and he's just like you don't get any him aggravating it after it's never brought to your attention or anything Mm -hmm. and this has clearly been a problem since the start like it's been a problem the entire time and it wasn't super dwelled on all the time it was slowly patched in throughout episodes so that you knew it was happening so it was treated as seriously um which unfortunately reads like um if you've ever taken a law class liability um but yeah it's yeah i think you could say they had the material to make us like be the absolute worst character Mm -hmm. ever presented and i think there was a point up until the merge where it was like yeah this guy's gross but he's just a losing finalist and this is what we're gonna get from him yeah so they didn't go i think as far as they could have which maybe it's a mercy for us but also i don't know that's a fantastic way to put it there's two possibilities one they didn't go all the way because going all the way would make them look so bad that no one could ever forgive them again mm-hmm. or it's a mercy for dan because he goes on to better things later in the season right that's probably good on dan yeah, um, i think it's just until i'd say the biggest like and then going forward if they're going to drop the story i think I want to make sure I'm looking at Dan from actual like game logic and make sure he's fitting in as a player who's in the right places at the right times with the right content Mm -hmm. to keep whatever chance he has of winning going. And when that drops, I mean, it's just going to be hard from here on out because I I don't want to see it. I also have this feeling that it's possible. So that's the thing. This is a gut feeling. This is like we took this like we do this podcast because we like talking about like what is actually happening. And to ignore it as a possibility is foolish, I think. When, I mean, there's five people here who have less chance than Dan. Um, Like, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. So, let's move to one of them, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Dean, add a letter. Um, I love Dean. I think he's a really fun character. I like his, like, he almost feels like a time traveler from the past. Like, in what way? He's, like, he's out here doing the meat shield strategy and everyone else is like, oh, Dean, we moved on three years ago (laughs) buddy and he's like let's put the vote and they're like dean this is season 39 not season 12 he feels like he's out of time like he's so far behind and everybody else is so far advanced that he's just so outpaced yeah he just feels out of it i think i know we've been tossing around what a dean win looks like i think this episode like sort of just threw him completely off the track for me Mm -hmm. like he wasn't he was shown contradicting himself like to an extreme extent, not even just voting against the majority, but also voting against his own wishes as he describes. So yeah, Dean yeah. just feels like a fun character who I don't know, outlasted his shelf life. And yeah, he's sort of the reason the season is kind of not going the best it could have. All sorts of stuff. Just like Yeah, they clearly do not like Dean. Like yeah. they <laughs> they see him as the reason they sucks um in so many different ways his edit reads like somehow this dude wins like almost like an onion like the onion headline like local man 
like local idiot wins a million dollars or whatever. But not win not win the game, but like stumbles into alligator pit and finds golden ring. Like it, it feels like they're uh, stunned at how this man is so incompetent while also outlasting their favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a weird character. Like, <laughs> he rolled up his shirt, a fairly <laughs> mundane thing to do, and Boston Rob digs into him. Like, oh, he saw Kelly. Uh, like, <laughs> what? He also, like, last episode, he was like, all about, like, I don't really know where I fit in. I feel like I'm kind of at the bottom of everything. And then this episode, he's like, I've been separated from the people I can trust. I'm like, who? Mm-hmm. Who are those people, Dean? I like this kind of story, to be honest. It's like, how do you make a regular frat bro into Debbie Wanner? It's like, <laughs> it's, it's really what this is. And I think Dean is a sleeper pick for a losing finalist. Um, yeah. I know I've been saying it's Dan Krishmanora. I think Dean could replace Karishma mm-hmm. anyway. So, because this is almost like what does Joe look like if, like, Joey Amazing look like if he's a losing finalist? Well, you make fun of that. He couldn't win any challenges and, like, <laughs> was an idiot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So that's, I really don't have much to say about Dean. I really like him, though. Like, I like, I, I don't even know if I like him as much as I like what the editors have found his niche in editing to be. Yeah. It's just exciting to see where Dean will fall in each episode now. Yeah, I really like that they entirely dropped the Detective Dean thing. Oh, like, yeah. It actually did not matter at any point whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Like, I hope he just like weirdly takes credit for the missy. Oh yeah, that'd episode. be that'd be pretty good. Yeah, he's like, I finally solved the case. <laughs> missy is gone. Or like wild, unpredictable Krishna finally tells him, "Yeah, it really was Missy," but. Yeah, and he, he does like the mind blown overdone confessional thing. Like, could be Krishma, could be riveting. Krishma does her trademark wink at him. The Lucille uh, B- uh, Bluth wink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good on Dean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's move to Elaine. I feel like okay, we haven't talked about this, but I'm guessing you have a hot take on Elaine. Um, obviously, I was like. High-ish on Elaine last episode. I think this was, it looked like a good episode for Elaine, but Mm. it made me question some things. Like, I think the biggest sort of heebie-jeebies I got is all of a sudden she's calling Tommy Red and Big Red. And like, where's the lead up to this if Elaine wins? Yes. So, yeah, Elaine's not there anymore. She's like not even second anymore. I still, it's a really fascinating edit. And I wouldn't hate it if it won, but yeah, I don't think it's that's what we're seeing. Honestly, same. This is one of those like it. It looks like a good edit. It talks. It quacks like a good edit. It smells like a good edit. Is it a good edit? No. Um, mm-hmm. it's kind of how I read it because she doesn't line up with the stories. Like that's the problem. Is again, unless the story is the really crappy, in my opinion. Like Ronnie on day one is like, if you don't take her out now, she wins. If that's the story. Like, screw you, Survivor Editors, because that is lazy. I don't know. I kind of love it if, like, they just kept bringing it up and then she just made it to the end of one. <laughs> like, it'd be so blatant. And yeah, so, like, almost, I guess not quite anti-theme, because, like, the likability thing, you could say, is almost this, like, it didn't work out for so many people, but yeah, I mean, 
managed to push by. I don't know. Yeah, because like the theme can always be like likability is a liability, and I still managed to get here. Okay. <laughs> I'm so yeah. likable. I'm still here. I'm the best. I'm everyone's best friend. Like could be the theme. Could be the story. I don't know. To me, okay, this is bad, but like I find Elaine so annoying like i really <laughs> my bias is definitely uh, there and it's not in a way like i find dan completely reprehensible i like really really do not like him to me elaine just kind of like annoys me as a character um so i think i have an anti-bias against her doing well <laughs> um, which is bad but it just is like she i'm sure she's a nice lady she seems great but and honestly, a hot take, she's a good player. I she's think this a, is... Yeah, I was going to ask you, do you think she's a good player? Because I think yeah. she is doing this great thing of being like, I don't know what's going on. And then we'll obviously know what's going on. And like, is yeah. making big things happen behind the scenes, I think. Like, yeah, she... it's so weird to think about that. She was able to openly talk to Karishma about getting Missy out. She was able to do that to Tommy. And like, word never got back to Missy. Oh, yeah. That's a ton of power. No, Elaine is clearly very smart. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know how much of a super fan she is. Like, I know she's applied a bunch of times, but she seems like like if you took away the accent and like the redneck vocabulary kind of thing, she would be like game bot super fan nerd, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's her archetype kind of. And it's very that's why I'm sad. I don't love her because she is my kind of person where she is making these big plays. Mm hmm. I think it's honestly, I think it's just the forced fakeness that bothers me. It's almost like how they edited JT winning, where it's just like, oh, because of the accent, people think you're stupid, but they haven't told us that at all. They haven't, like, Elaine doesn't have a confessional being, even Nick Wilson, right? Is like, it's the accent. Kentucky with Nick Wilson, everyone thinks I'm an idiot, but I'm a lawyer. Elaine doesn't get that. She gets some things about how she's underestimated. Yeah, but she seems actually bothered by it. You know, like that's, I think that's my problem. I think that's the core of my problem is someone like Nick is like, yo, Christian thinks I'm a dummy. That's awesome. Cause I'm not. Ha ha ha. And Elaine's like, they think I'm dumb and worthless, but I'm not. I will prove them. I've got a heart of a lion. No, this <laughs> is where you're supposed to like pull the wool of it under eyes and say like, she's not owning it. That's the problem. Hmm. That's my problem anyway. But yeah, so I have like an anti-Elaine bias for that reason. I like <laughs> villains. Listen to me talk. I'm a villainous person, okay? Um, specifically, I like fun villains who like ham it up, not uh, bad people. But mm. Elaine, to me, is one of those wonderful people that I think they love, but don't know what to do with. And like, there's this very weird thing where she has the most confessionals, but she oh, also yeah. has like four invisible episodes. Yeah, that was something I wanted to touch on, but I forgot about is there were some pictures going around of the confessional count this season. And first of all, it's really even like even the lowest person, I think, has like 11 or so. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Elena's number one, despite having like four zero confessional episodes, just a really strange way. And there's lots of people who are also high and have multiple just zero episode confessionals. I guess mm-hmm. I don't know how that compares against other seasons, but yeah, it's weird how even it is and all that. So yeah, to me, it's kind of a testament to how good the season is. To be honest, I know a lot of people. This is the stop them from watching Survivor, and I get that. Mm-hmm. But this to me is kind of the season that I've always wanted Survivor to be, where it is super complex. They tackle dark themes in like a mature way. I think sometimes they've dropped the ball, specifically production wise. But I think the edit has been impeccable this season. Like I really think this has been 
top-notch survivor editing and that's what we talk about here that's what i'm passionate about right Mm -hmm. so that's something and i don't know with elena just she doesn't really have a story other than she's the most likable person to ever exist and (laughs) i don't like perfect people i don't like captain america i don't like superman like like give me batman she has no batman in her (laughs) Uh, i think she's probably probably going for like sixth or fifth same yeah yeah like Like what we're at donathan spot we're at nine yep she could leave right before the finale, I think, like the Christian spot. Mm-hmm. But I think the ultimate thing is like, there's the theme of, we were reminded over and over again that no one would ever reasonably bring her to the end. Mm-hmm. She's in this, like, that's the thing is all season we've been saying, she's in the spot where they're picking between her and like Dan and they pick Dan instead. Yeah. Like that even could be the fire maker loser, right? Like, like she, ha- to me, she has all the longevity except finale. Like she cannot be in the final three. Mm, yeah i mean if she's in the final she wins yeah and i feel like there's a lot of people who are now like if they're in the finals they win yeah because i mean like we said there's like 10 goats left <laughs> yeah like, so yeah that's i guess something like i don't know i don't really have much else to say about elaine i want to like her because she is like a super like she's like a super fan nerd but i wish she owned it or i wish the edit would show her owning it maybe the other problem is that it's 10 confessionals or zero so yeah. I either feel like I'm oversaturated with Elaine or I'm like, wow, she's invisible. She must be boring. Like, which mm-hmm. is just like a double edged sword, I guess. I don't yeah. know. She also slayed your fave. So I know I love, I do love Missy. We'll get to that, but <laughs> oh, we will get to that <sighs> bad two weeks for Dan. We'll move here <laughs> to Elizabeth, um, who, oh man. <laughs> Ooh. Um, no, I just laughing cause it was just like such like an interesting feeling to see Elizabeth's entire game dismantled in front of her in the course of one night. Yeah. <laughs> last episode. Like, and Elizabeth is, Elizabeth is so emotive that like, you can just see it all in her face. And Oh my goodness. Wow. Okay, so I know everybody hates Elizabeth, but she had a really funny t- where she was like, I always thought my, cause she's an Olympic swimmer. My uh, spirit animal was like a dolphin or an aquatic animal, but really it's like this, like, those little uh um monkeys with the giant eyes <laughs> like mm-hmm. that made me laugh a lot but <laughs> yeah cause she is so emotive like she is she is our quirky quirky but evil queen no you know she's like mean? evil so it's like how do i yeah how do i stand the like <laughs> <laughs> like this is the person that if the damn thing didn't happen is survivor sucks favorite is you know what i mean like mm-hmm. and it's just like Elizabeth is dead last. <laughs> what is her chances? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, she has no one left. Her edit is inconsistent. Like, this wasn't a good episode for what happened. It almost feels like she's going to quit next episode. Yeah. Like, my whole game was ripped out from me. Like, why am I still here? Yeah, like, her face when she sees Aaron got voted at was just... It's heartbreaking. You know what I mean? She's like, mm. it's like when you sit there and uh, you see the million dollars leave. And then Missy gets voted out, and you're like, oh. oh. <laughs> is, really... Eliz- is Elizabeth in the GOAT army now, maybe? No, I feel like if Elizabeth makes the end, she wins. Like That's in true. Each time. Mm-hmm. Edit-wise, I mean, she might as well be. Yeah. But like on the beach, I feel like she's seen as a threat, as a good player. Yeah. Especially with Aaron and Missy on the jury. Like, like those people are going to hype her up, right? Like, they're going to talk mm-hmm. really high about her, so 
that's another reason like elizabeth you just can't let her get to the end which is even worse <laughs> she's an olympian like people don't want like successful people to do well like i don't know i just i, I feel like elizabeth is definitely dead last yeah like her yeah even dean's above her to be honest oh yeah I might have her above Lauren, but it's close. Like, they're both That's, zero. Like, if I'm really scraping, like, Lauren, like, it still looks... We'll get to Lauren. Yeah. Like, to me, Elizabeth, <laughs> Elizabeth's second last, because Lauren's not winning. But um, okay. Elizabeth at least has a story. She was a really nice gal who got corrupted by Boston Rub <laughs> and no longer is a nice gal. Um, I think that she's going to be responsible for, as Missy got her to do, in one of the greatest moments of Survivor seasons at Survivor ever, don't at me. Uh, when a Missy tells Elizabeth to kill Elaine slowly and methodically, I think that's going to happen. I do think that Elizabeth will have a hand in Elaine going, or her failed attempt will lead to her going. I mean, yeah, it's like Elizabeth in what army is going to do <laughs> right. that? So, <laughs> I was part like we'll get to Missy, of course, but it's like just part of this like insane i don't know like series of events where she just tells elizabeth this thing that elizabeth has no chance of like completing i think Mm -hmm. no absolutely right like though i do think this is one of the i love that she has this plot thread of like the vengeful goddess with no power (laughs) yeah that's great i'm like there's one of the reasons like i know a lot of people are tuning out of the show I am so excited for next episode because something really funny is going to happen with. I know it. Yeah, I mean, there's just still so many good characters like left to see how they all play out. Like, yeah, I want it like and they have stories like they have things that they need to do that Mm -hmm. are like unique to them. Like Elizabeth is now on a venge quest to kill Elaine, the most likable person in the world, as I mentioned earlier um slowly and methodically it's not even vote her out it kill her like, <laughs> it, like i yeah. love it like i i don't know like i unabashedly love the edit of this season and the story they're t- like the way that they're presenting it obviously there's a lot of ugliness but i've always I, like i gotta kind of like if i'm gonna eat my cake i have to have it too i've always been calling for more sophisticated storytelling and we're actually getting that this season Mm-hmm. And obviously it sucks that it's marred in the ugliness, but they are doing it and they are committing to each person having an individual story. And that's what I've always wanted. I want Survivor to be Game of Thrones. I want Survivor to be like an HBO-esque story. And things like Elizabeth's war path are signs of it being that way. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I can't wait for next Wednesday. Yeah, each of these nine people has like directions to go and like seven of them i'm excited for yeah like i want every survivor season edited like this way just the horrible uh, misconduct mm-hmm. but yeah no elizabeth uh, she's probably not here very long to be honest like i don't think so <laughs> she's not making it to finale yeah i think people sort of see her as the fire making loser but like nah i'd be stunned like that's too cute yeah like i'd be stunned if she makes it that far if she does somehow if elizabeth makes it to the final four <laughs> she might just be the winner like I, I i just don't understand how like she probably deserves it too like how does she even make it that far like who's she gonna work with yeah like the one person she's been with since the beginning of the game she was just told to kill so like, methodically yeah. so um yeah yeah like who would have expected your last four lyro to be dean elaine elizabeth and Carisma? <laughs> yeah I guess we, we kind of called messy not lasting as far but i don't know <laughs> i don't know 
let's move here to Janet. She Janet, survived. She did. And oh, this is a, this season is the season of the monkey's paw, where it's like everybody on the internet unanimously is last week, last Tuesday night, last Wednesday night, sitting there praying, like, please, anything to have Janet stay. Give her an idol, do whatever. <laughs> Turns out that uh, the way for her to stay the, that we've all been praying for is aligning very closely with Dan. Um, mm-hmm. One of those monkey's paw things where <laughs> you're, you're hoping for something really positive and you get, you get it, but at what cost? Unfortunately, I think Janet is going to be the cause for Dan getting to the final three and her not getting to the final three. Hmm. Explain. I think just what we saw. I think Janet's going to be an agent in Dan's favor, and then she's going to get cut before the end, and Dan's going to have a massive control over the game mm-hmm. and choose to, maybe choose to take Janet out, but I'm not 100% sure. Maybe behind his back or something like that, but I think she's going to enable his control here, which yeah. is very unfortunate. Huh. Yeah, I think, honestly, Janet defaults into second for me, if only because, like, She's obviously the most sympathetic character, like the person everyone wants to win. I think as long as their edit stays in this sort of like vaguely positive sort of complex space, like it's good. But it's like also she could go at any time. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. There wasn't anything that spoke to me this episode saying, yes, Janet is really, truly the winner of the season. Yeah, that's the thing is to me, Janet, it's the philosophical question of, how much do you consider the fallen angel? Like, like you're watching Cambodia and Kelly Wentworth is presented as the next big thing and the next survivor legend. How much do you consider her because she's presented so positively and interestingly, but without the winner content? Because that's kind of Janet, right? Yeah. Realistically, I don't see how Janet makes the end. Uh, If this was a scripted show, she wins. This isn't a scripted show. How does she make the end? I'm not sure. She managed to survive this time, but... I do think that her story is going to be like Sandra said, that girl has longevity. Maybe she could win, but I think the emphasis is on her story is how was Janet able to last as long as she did? That's the real accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Almost like Sandra in game changers mm-hmm. where it's you leave pre-merge for Jan- Sandra, but how could you have ever done that? That's the real accomplishment in and of itself. Yeah. They can manifest fake stories like that. And I think that's kind of what they're giving Janet is like, she doesn't give up. She commits 100% to the game and really impresses her family. But that's it. Mm-hmm. She's, she could win, right? Like, I, I've had a lot of internal strife of how much I should actually consider Janet's winner prospects. It's just, I don't know if it's actually, like, to me, it's so much more likely that it's not that, that it's kind of hard. Like, I don't, almost don't even want to let, my, let myself think it. Right. Yeah, it just seems so, because I don't think Janet's in the GOAT army. I think she's really being considered someone who wins if she gets to the end. It's just like, she survived this one, but we don't know how things are going to come back together and mm-hmm. where she's going to end up. So, and yeah. To go on a little tangent, I think that last week we saw kind of what I always was terrified would be the truth of the Survivor community, which is, I think that people would have been 100% okay with Janet getting four idols in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the whole thing, like our podcast, our, like my contribution to the Survivor community has always been like, give the viewers some credit. That we can accept somebody that isn't perfect winning the game of Survivor. Like, but last week obviously was so dark, but it kind of 
illuminated, I think, a lot of people being like, you know what? I want Janet to win and I don't care how it happens. Just do it. Like whatever, whatever it takes to make that happen, do it. To me, that's horrible. Like to me, that that's survivor ruining. I wouldn't want to watch a show if Janet finds five idols are in a row and does that the whole mm-hmm. way. Um, to me, that would be, I would never watch an episode of Survivor again because the show doesn't have its integrity, warts and all, like ugliness and everything. Then there's no point of covering the show. There's no point of watching the show. Um, and I don't know, to me, Janet almost poses it like in a way, as much as I love Janet, as much as I've loved Janet all season, she's been one of my favorites. Like, there's been a couple of people who, like, again, amazing cast. So it's hard to be my favorite here, but I kind of don't want her to win because I think the way she wins is honestly production tampering yeah i mean looking at how she would get there i mean if it's more like this where like yeah it's just her i guess ability to re-socialize and get back in like that would be great but i feel like even there's maybe it's just reading into things but it feels like with how um like how these two episodes have both been scenarios where two people get immunity feels like it's upping our chances in light of what's happened. That's true. You know? And so I don't know how much of that is just coincidence. I'm sure that part is coincidence. But, yeah, but I guess it like... provides her more opportunity to rightfully get to the end. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, like that's the thing is I want to be able to cheat on the Janet win. I just, I hate, like, I was outspoken. I hated Ben winning. I hated, like, the Rick Devins story. I don't like that, like, find idol, play it, find idol, play it, find idol, play it. Yeah. It's not riveting television. It's lazy. Um, and it forces you to be suspicious, which is not fun. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to... I love Survivor for its integrity to the game, no matter what. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Janet is a possible because it's... She has a good edit. It's just Janet of anybody who's ever played the game, like, Christian Hubicki tier gets a good edit no matter what here like because of the actions on that occurred yeah absolutely and to me the actions that occurred and her being such a great person almost makes me lower on her chances because she did have that like good she could inherit the torch kind of thing that we were talking about but mm-hmm. the fact that we like you go backwards like the editors go from winner to start the start is then oh they're it kind of explains why she went invisible a bunch like they wanted to remind us she's fantastic and she's super positive and great person, but like that's all they really have to say about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think we we're talking about how Dan has his. Here's how I'm playing my game. I think Janet is someone you can very easily do that with. Yep, because she played such a great pre-merge, and you could say this is what I do well. And I agree. I think we instead got Janet is such a great person instead of Janet is going to play this game really well. Yeah, I'm sure there's confessionals of Janet being like, to me, Survivor is about blank. We don't know what she sees Survivor as other than mitigating risk in that time when she went to Island of the Idols. Mm -hmm. Or just detailing why she's doing certain things or how she's playing. And And we've had to read between the tea leaves of being like, like all season, we've been saying Janet's one of the better players because the way she talks, but Mm -hmm. there's no attention drawn to it. It's just, yeah, it's very interesting stuff. It's very interesting to see. Some of these better players, how their better play isn't being reinforced. I mean, there's Janet. I think Elaine is sort of getting this. They're almost doing it subtly with Elaine, where it's like, you can see, oh, she's obviously playing up what she's doing. And I think there's one more person who is obviously playing very well, but 
that's not the story we're being presented. Hmm. Okay. So next up, let's move to Karishma. Karishma. Who, I mean, you look at the internet, Karishma is, I think, become the new alternate. Yeah, the new alternate to Tommy, right? <laughs> um, and I yeah. see why, right? The merge, she says, hey, there's a new Karishma coming. Um, I've reset now that I've had this food. In this episode, we get that again. Yep. And she says, people think I'm a goat. Guess what? You're wrong. I'm not predictable. That's something to pay attention to. Absolutely. She has an idol. Um, I don't think it's very good that she said she was going to play it. Hey, it was a surprise, but it was like a good surprise. I was like, oh, Karishma's not predictable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But yeah, I mean, I had seen rumblings of it before this episode aired. I was like, yeah, I mean, I kind of see where that story could be coming. And I think I went into this episode a little too hard being like, oh, yeah, Krishma might win. And so I saw the signs there. So, yeah, it kind of looks feasible. But they still they still haven't let up on digging into her. (laughs) Like that whole first scene is just like everyone thinks Krishma is bad in this way but Krishma tells us she's not and I feel like they don't need to go so like hard on her yeah and I mean part of me kind of sat there for like an hour afterwards thinking okay the scene where Krishma says she's faking sick is that explanation as like kind of medic like to try to explain away all the other bad stuff like oh she wasn't actually sleeping she was something she had some plan there or whatever like is that what they're trying to do I can kind of see it I kind of talked myself out of it, though, because that seems kind of crazy. It just, yeah, I think I would be stoked for a Karishma win. I think that would be a very fun end. I think it's a combination of this edit just doesn't add up to that quite. And I think she has a clear path to the end. But the edit is still not building up, like, why she gets votes. (laughs) Yeah, like, (laughs) that's the problem. Like, like, even with all this, like, it's almost ironic. Like, no one's going to give Karishma a million dollars. Like. I more believe that than think I don't know about that. Yeah, that's the sad thing is like, yeah, unfortunately, I see people voting Dan over Karishma. Like, that's the Mm -hmm. unfortunate truth here, right? Is they clearly don't respect Karishma at all in Mm -hmm. seemingly potentially deserves. Like, I've always been kind of a defender that I think she's playing better than people are saying, but it's complicated because she's playing like the she's playing the little finger game, right? Like suck up to the people in power. And take influence from it from there. But like, so now she has an idol. So she's like a goat equipped with a wet, like with like a rocket launcher. Mm -hmm. What she does with it could change her perception. But I feel like we haven't really got much clues of that. Yeah. It's just like, it's, it's too late. It feels weird. I don't know. But there's also all this stuff about it's a new game for me. And this Mm -hmm. also felt like, okay, I found this idol and it's time to wake up. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to play this game from here on out. So We've talked a lot about how idols have been edited in this season. I feel like mm-hmm. this is the most positive an idol's been edited. I think she is going to play this right. I think that the, like she's going to do something cool with this. Yeah, I don't know has, what that's going to be, though. It feels like a good idol. We talked about how it's like very hard to put into words when it's a good idol versus a bad idol. But this one feels like right. Because like, mm-hmm. it was presented as defying expectations, right? This wasn't, I found an idol. Woohoo. It was mm-hmm. people. I stopped believing in myself until I found this. And now I do right. Like that's a fascinating alternative to the story we've been t- told with her before. And we saw her kind of outsmart people. I see why people think Krishma can win last week. I kind of had her as like a, a possibility. I still have her that way. Yeah. Um. Again, this for me, it's this Tommy occupies 95% of 
then mm-hmm. there's a couple people that you know it's possible. Kershma's a possibility. Um, right. It's just, I guess, one thing that you could argue is that she's the perennial underdog, right? Like Tommy even says, like Tommy and Elaine both say, like Kershma's not that bad. You just need to talk to her. Nice. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's true, but I don't think that's really like we're supposed to take a complicated. Yeah, there's been so much bad dished with the good. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Yeah, they're not willing to give Krishma one good episode, right? Like, yeah, and even when they try to redeem her, it doesn't like wash away all of the bad. Like, exactly. Ugh. To me, this is the growth edit until seen otherwise, right? Mm-hmm. And ev- like one thing about the growth edit is they always have a story. They always have a clear story. I mean, Krishma has one, but it's the growth edit, right? Like, and the growth edit doesn't win. That's like. Because one thing that you're always looking for is excuses for likable characters to lose. And for Krishma, it's I honestly think it might be realizing how special her family is for accepting her. Mm -hmm. Like I could see her get to the family visit and that be the payoff to her story. Yeah. Similar to kind of Christian, right? Like, I don't know. It's I mean, Krishma, but, (laughs) you know, like it's something I just I see why people think it. I know people are like. Honestly, I think people are desperate for a winner who isn't Tommy. Right. I think that's something that, I mean, we'll get to when we get to Tommy, but I think people will just want anything other than Tommy because it is so, like, in your face. Mm-hmm. So. And also, like, good on them for considering all possibilities, but. Yeah. Even we're being, you're like, people. we're like, uh. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm 100% one of those people. Like, I, I'm i not, oh, shame on them. It's like, we all, like, no one wants, um. Like Harry Potter, no one wants Harry Potter to actually be the chosen, right? You want one of the alternative theories. Like no one's favorite character, SpongeBob. Everyone loves Patrick or Squidward or whatever. Mm-hmm. You don't want your protagonist to be the best and perfect person. And we are in kind of the danger zone where Tommy is presented that way, right? So yeah, that's Karishma. Let's move uh, here to Lauren. Oh, well, I just want to say she's a great character. Had some great lines this episode. I don't. Oh, have I watch her. my body, my choice. Uh, just all sorts of stuff. What do you? Okay, what do you? <laughs> what do you make? Of using medevacs as a strategy. Like, <laughs> maybe I'm ruthless, but why aren't people like, like, I don't know. I like, I would get it if they were like, oh, Karishma, you look pretty ill. Maybe you need to leave the game oh. and get better. Oh, yeah. No, like Survivor 42. I'm sure we're going to see that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> at this point, like everything is open for business right like why not use the mechanics of the doctors and everything as potential strategy seems like it's kind of opening the floodgates a little bit um, yeah i think in bad ways but oh absolutely absolutely <laughs> like but yeah like i don't even know like what <laughs> i loved her like them being like are you feeling okay and she's like what trying to get her to check on me huh try to get me out of the game <laughs> Like <laughs> just the whole Karishma Nora where she's like, I've had some water, so I feel fine. And Nora's like one sip of water. <laughs> I love the Karishma Nora rivalry. Like we'll get to that with Nora because she had one of the greatest confessionals ever, I think. But <laughs> we'll get there. First we gotta talk about Lauren, who <laughs> Oh man. Jeez. Uh, Lauren's that third person who is obviously playing a great game. Oh yes. Like just when they're having their little pre-tribal discussions, like Lauren's there. Lauren's not a target in the slightest. Like she's like in this power position constantly. And it's like, what? Like, <laughs> like it does not match the edit where we, we've been given, which is just absolutely like, even including like, she's the one who tells Missy and gets Kelly and Jamal voted out. Like She's mm-hmm. controlled everything. 
Lauren is clearly the best player on this season, but we're continuously told that the big, tall, redheaded guy is just she. Everything she does, he gets credit for. <laughs> and yeah, it's insulting at this point. Like it's to me, it actually bothers me when I'm watching it because you see like Tommy like eating nuts or something, and Lauren like talking somebody down and like organizing the vote, and then Tommy gets a confessional describing it, mm-hmm. or like how. The other tribe or like the other sub tribes tribal council was like, we need to get out Tommy so we can get Lauren on our side. Yeah. Like, Lauren is so important to like everyone's games, but I don't think she has like a story of her own and she's not winning. So, eh. <laughs> my take is she's the one. So, I like, like we said, I think Karishma's idol is gonna. I think that she takes out the biggest threat in the game and we are all gonna be like, oh, it's gonna be Tommy. And then Lauren leaves the game and then mm-hmm. <laughs> Tommy just rides his way to the end. Mm-hmm. I think on the beach, Tommy is the beta to Lauren's alpha. Yeah. The edit has presented it as the opposite. And it just leads to this really awkward storytelling where Tommy, again, gets credit for what Lauren's doing. Yeah. And Lauren just gets like incidental, like almost narrator content. Yeah. Like you could have given to anybody like like her confessional this week was like nothing, like absolutely nothing. Mm hmm. Or it was, I think I was rehashing the things that people had said. It was just like, it's a choice between Janet and Aaron, and here we go. The thing is, is like we've been saying all season, Lauren is one of the better confessionalists. She's super, like, she has such a fantastic way of wording things. She's super interesting. She's super charismatic. And she literally is given, like, wallpaper confessionals. Like, she might as well be saying mm-hmm. sky is blue and green grass. <laughs> like yeah. like survivor is a game like she's the one getting the survivor is i don't know if you know this perception is reality mm-hmm. like never heard that before it's just yeah. i feel so bad for lauren because like we see how much she loves the game of survivor we see she's been a fan forever she's been applying forever she finally gets on and big red gets all her content <laughs> I, I can't imagine it feels very great yeah i i'm curious to see how far Lauren's story goes. Like I could see her being idled out. I could see her going next episode. She's the victim of the goat army. Mm-hmm. Um, she could be a losing finalist. I don't know. That seems unlikely. I Yeah, I agree. But like there's the Tommy Lauren pairing. I think that if she's the losing finalist, she'd get edited like dominant, like complicated, but yeah, a good player. Yeah, that's true. I, to me, if she's a losing finalist, that means she's losing to Tommy. Mm-hmm. I guess hmm do you think there's a world where she loses to like a norishma uh no because i agree we kind of speculated that they might be doing that with missy or elizabeth like Mm -hmm. really playing up how bad they are so the krishma or the nora sneaks in and wins but lauren's not that either lauren is sort of negative at times if you're like but she's not it wouldn't make sense to have her lose against a goat character i think yeah, Lauren doesn't get enough complexity to even be a villain. And villains lose in the end, not like non-factors, unfortunately. Yeah. And she's not even a non-factor like Troy Zan or something. Like, yeah, sure, invisible people make it to the end, but it's never like Lauren, where like they'd explain why Lauren lost. Because if you're going backwards, it's like this amazing player makes the end and loses, they explain it away, mm-hmm. not just drop it. Yeah. So, like I said, that makes much more sense with the edit Missy was getting as opposed to Lauren. So. Exactly. Even Aaron, like, to me, Lauren is, she so reads like an idled out victim where they just, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, and then her partner wins and it's Tommy. So, yeah. uh, well, you know, she, she was a player in the season. 
Mm-hmm. I'd love to see Lauren again. Yeah. She's up there a lot. Again, a lot of this cast, I would like oh, to see. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. So, yeah, hats off to Lauren. We see you, Lauren. We know you're playing mm-hmm. fantastic. I guess my hot take is I don't think there's anybody playing even almost as well as Lauren. I think she's like a god tier player. I really think she's truly incredible at this thing. And we've seen her take risks. We've seen her um, mitigate risk. We've seen her basically do everything that I I want to see in a really top tier survivor player, except mm-hmm. for winning confessionals. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's Lauren. She's had a hand in all the cookie jars pretty much. And mm. unfortunately, because the game of survivor isn't fair, our next person, Nora, in my opinion, has a thousand times more likely chance <laughs> of winning this game. Somebody who doesn't know survivor at all. You're clearly terrible at it. And... Uh, I would dispute that she's clearly terrible at it. Okay. Uh, potentially terrible at it. <laughs> And like, <laughs> I'm sure she likes it, but like compared to someone like Lauren, it's sad that she has so much more upside. Like I'd mm. bet on a thousand Nora's before a Lauren, unfortunately. But yeah, I still think I'm done with Nora. I feel like this episode just wasn't the Nora episode we needed. Agreed. Like, I feel we need to see the redeeming Nora with the bad Nora. And this episode was like bad Nora, like the mm-hmm. way she treats Karishma is not good um yeah so love Nora as a character but and she is higher than Lauren yes but not no I don't see it anymore yeah I agree with you Nora at this point to me this episode I was like okay coming in it's like okay she could be a losing finalist she could sneak a win and be like a Sophie style winner (laughs) and then I'm like oh this episode is like oh no she's a losing finalist um I think she might be the fire-making loser. That's possible. She feels like someone who's there at the end and just doesn't quite cut it. Mm. Yeah, I th- I see her as, like, late game. I guess we're all arguably in the late game already, so that's kind of a weak take. But <laughs> I would say substantially later. I don't think she's going to leave next. No. Because kind of one sto- like one thing she has going for her is one of the predominant narrative season is based around her, which is kind of the confessionals being like, well, you never want to risk your game on nora we have a lot of people kind of um echoing that statement jason jamal they've all kind of had moments where okay like nora has positive qualities but you never want to rely on nora Mm -hmm. so she does have like constant attention on her which gives her longevity and i feel like she'll be important i feel like she could screw over the goat army for example um Mm -hmm. but yeah you're right like the i feel like she gets edited a little different if she wins not much, yeah. but little enough that I can see it, and that's a big deal. Yeah, I think you can see where like they took turns they shouldn't have if Nora mm-hmm. was winning throughout. Just this. a few times, right? Like it's if she had better content, this could be written away as a distraction episode. But she she like barely passes the sniff test already, so dropping below is bad. Mm-hmm. Though Nora, another one of these characters, like. Hats off to casting because holy crap, this cast is so good. She had, she is so like endlessly intriguing. Where her confessional, where she's digging into Karishma and she like, like she's TV gold. Like how, Mm. oh man, like how do they find people like this? Where she's just like Karishma, I'm done with her. She is unmotivated. I'm like, I don't even know what she said, but like my eyes just lit up in glee. You know what I mean? Mm. Like she's so fantastic. I'm and so glad how, she's playing. Yeah, and like how confrontational she is. She's like, everyone's like, no, Krishna's not doing anything. And then Nora's like, Krishna's not doing anything. I'm going to do something about it. 
like, Krishna, go get some coconuts. And it causes her to get an idol? <laughs> like, come on. Like, mm. hilarious. Like, yeah. it's almost like the story is like, well, Nora, if you just did it yourself, you could have got an idol. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's why to me, Karishma has win equity where Nora does not. Because I think one thing that we've seen a lot, a pattern of the editor is to kind of subtly pit the finalists against each other. Um, for example, Nick, uh, what if Angelina would do this for a jacket? What would she do for mm-hmm. Nora versus Karishma is now a real thing, and Karishma <laughs> wins that. So that's good for Karishma, really bad for Nora. Mm-hmm. It could be fire making each other. I don't know if Karishma beats Nora. I mean, that's my dream. I just want to go to the alternate universe where it's a final two and it's Krishna versus Nora. And... <laughs> <laughs> Suppose there's a third person there who probably beats both of them, mm-hmm. right? Like, are yeah. you also with me that it's probably Krishna, Nora, and somebody else? I, like I said, I don't think... I, I guess like... I, I think Dan's there. That's the pro- Like, I guess, you know what? I think you're right. I think it's Krishna and Nora and Firemaking. Dan's already there and someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the issue with... An like a storyline of a goat army and too many goats is that then it becomes, well, some of them need to go. Like mm-hmm. it makes it all the more easier. Like not every goat can make it here. So, and being a goat is also probably means you're a really easy target. So, and goat getting- is relative. Like if you can't beat anybody, but Dan and Karishma, uh, like you still have the path to win. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a complicated theme because you're forced to kind of consider people that you're traditionally told are goats, but there's so many of them that Mm -hmm. some of them don't make the end. And theoretically, some of them can win. So they're both more have less longevity than average and also more win equity than average. Yeah. So, yeah, but Nora's fantastic. Um, I wish she was winning (laughs) because last week that was kind of my bright hope, right? Is that, we were ending up with like a Dan crush Nora final three and Nora, cause that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. But this week made me think that if that's going to happen, if we're getting the positive one there, it's going to be Krishma instead of Nora. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. bad for Nora. So, mm. Yeah. I think the storyline is saying Krishma would win in that situation where it's good. Cause I still think Dan could win that. Yeah. But I think um, it's also like, it just doesn't feel believable that, all three of them are getting there. So I think Nora is like one of the more obvious ones to not even stand a chance there. So yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs> so yeah, that's Nora. And now let's move here to big red Tommy. <laughs> okay. So before we started recording, you saw my edgic and I had Tommy as UTR two for this episode. And I think mm-hmm. I'm right. Like Tommy was not very much in this episode, despite being an alternate. Yeah, you booter. sent me your chart and I was stunned because in my head, I, I didn't do a chart for this episode. Normally I do, but I sat there and I was like, okay, Tommy is under the radar too, even though he was like the swing vote and he, he hatched, a, not a swing vote, but he hatched a plan to take out Missy, the biggest strategist in the game. We saw him winning. We even saw him at in a tribal booth be like, people who write my name go home. Like he got like a lot of like, a lot of character moments. We get Missy reminding us he's a teacher. He's super well-liked. We get personal content of him saying he was bullied when he was a kid, um, that he appreciates Karishma, that he's sketched out by Missy. He basically got everything you would want in an episode with one confessional. Just one freaking 
<laughs> confessional summarizes his entire game and why he's going to win the season. Yeah. I mean, the story of this was so much like Missy and Karishma dealing with one another. And I think that's where Sorotami gets lost in it all. But you're right. He had like all the pieces once again were there. It was just, I think, edit wise, he looks like a UTR2, which is not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> this man almost left and looks like a million bucks. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like this episode was a bit like, even Missy is talking about how great he is. Like, who who wouldn't vote for Tommy? He's the best person ever. But, like, <laughs> Elaine's like, oh, this girl I've been working with literally the entire game. Mm, no, there's no way I'm voting out this guy I just met. <laughs> Let's save Tommy. I do already have a nickname for him, so... <laughs> yeah, right? Like, Tommy feels like he is... Okay, so I know that we've... I, I said that I think Lauren's playing the best game. I think that's probably true, and I think Tommy's getting a lot of the credit for it. I feel like Tommy is easily number two best player on the cast. Like he seems to just, or maybe that could be the edit. I think this could be the edit, but he gets, he seems to just have an easy path to the end where everybody that loves him. Like, it just seems like from the edit, everybody considers him untouchable. Like it reminds me, I know probably a lot of our listeners don't watch big brother, but in big brother 20, a guy named Tyler did really well in the game and basically had all sides of the, the game on his side. He got nominated one time from a twist and for the next week, everyone was like crying. Like they were so sad for Tyler, even though every week they voted somebody, right? It felt like when Tommy weeps, the world weeps, you know what I mean? Like the world <laughs> cry sheds a single tear when Tommy's sad. Like if you, I get why I want somebody other than Tommy to, he's the winner right like (laughs) it's like it's so so complicated and so hard it's like yeah you want someone else to be the winner so like are the nitpicks i have are they just like i mean looking for something or like and then it's like yeah he looks so obvious to the edgic community but if you're looking for like um distractions to him or something like he's not a distraction it's like you're elaine's and you're janet's and those people are the distractions yep like those are the people people think are going to win not tommy he's just sort of this like background character almost yeah tommy's like the sixth most visible character on the season Mm -hmm. right like he's not a distraction like who like what kind of distraction is less visible than dean (laughs) right like I think people are looking for personal content, but it's there in little bits and pieces throughout. Mm -hmm. Like, I know pretty well. I think the one big sort of issue I have is that relationship-wise, he has, like, a weird, like, the relationships don't always fit. Because, like, he was shown to be tight with Jack, and they never reunite. Him and Aaron never resolve whatever happened between them, really. Um, He's suddenly close with lauren right before the merge he's apparently really close with elaine but But isn't that his story in episode one he says survivor to me what i'm going to be really good at is establishing really strong one-on-one connections with everybody that's what we've seen that's fair right and what happens when somebody does like elaine and jack and jamal and everybody just flock to this guy like Mm -hmm he doesn't have a number one because he doesn't need one. And he told us he just gets along with everybody and he kind of does apparently. So that's <laughs> something obviously in his corner separate to that. Um, 
you do have him like establish like he's always going to pick himself over anyone else. So he's not he's not super loyal. He doesn't really mm-hmm. establish that. Yeah. And all throughout, there's been this really crafted introduction of his personal life outside the game throughout. Mm-hmm. In episode one, we learn he's engaged to somebody. Uh, he just proposed. He is a teacher. And Jack mentions him and Tommy are the young guys, right? Like they're the right. youngest people on the cast. Okay. So that's something. Um, in this episode, did we know that he was bullied as a kid? And that motivates his decision making to this day? No, we did not. That's new information. Mm-hmm. Right. Constantly, we are given this new information, new personal content. The dude's like 23 or something, like my age. We don't have kids to cry about. You know what I mean? Like, um, it reminds me a lot of Wendell, where like I remember in the preseason, Wendell's like, no, no, like I'm I'm a young guy, but like, you know, I have family too. And then they just haphazardly edit him talking about his girlfriend that have since broken up. Tommy kind of feels that way where he like like what he's gonna say how much he loves his mom in confessionals like there's <laughs> not really much he can do there's not much that's super sympathetic to the audience that he can talk about so instead they throw in these small things that tell or us like, what he's like he's the one who loves applebee's the mm-hmm. most and so so relatable yeah mm-hmm. like in we get big red now i think that's a big i honestly think that's a big plus for him as well mm-hmm. i think a lot of winners have like nicknames you remember them or like little facts about them right like yeah him being a big tall redheaded guy is a big deal just like poverty being the flirt queen or whatever is mm-hmm. so i think that's good and you also have like constant like little <laughs> they constantly try to make him look like he's in when he's not mm-hmm. like on a new whatever his swap tribe was they edited it like he was dead you know like he was just screwed if they lost he wins and then he's back on top again it's never addressed Yeah, there's like these points where it's like, we need to do this because otherwise they're going to win the game. And then they don't do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so it's like... And then they start losing. Yeah, those are... are out of the game. Yeah. Because of Tommy. Mm -hmm. It makes a rational sense. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there's also the idea of palatability, which is unfortunate, but in this season that deals so heavily with social issues. Um, If you have this... Uh, straight white male win you want to make him like kind of inoffensive and a little mm-hmm. relatable not much more than that so maybe you don't have him relate strongly to the goings on in the last episode or stuff like that absolutely agreed um and i do want to mention just quickly uh we got an email from a guy named jacob who last week i was like it's kind of weird that tommy just it feels like he's on a different island almost to the whole Dan Dan of it all. And I was like, I bet it's because he like, I bet he said something that was unfavorable. It seemingly it's turned out that like maybe Tommy was pretty defensible, defensible of Janet in the situation. Mm-hmm. I, I personally don't think that changes anything. Um, I think that they wouldn't have him stump either way in that episode. Last week was an episode about how the bad guys win, right? Like sometimes in the world, people who do bad things advance beyond the people the victims that he caused harm to and i think having tommy have like a speech about like both sides are good would just complicate the narrative in a way that just i feel like it would make it weird and cringy i i don't think it actually changes anything about that i don't think yeah i think if you look at what happened where janet and dan reckon like you should like maybe tommy becomes important to that alliance too yes like that's a contradiction that might be coming that we just haven't seen yet. Maybe exactly. it happens, maybe it doesn't, but 
I think that's one of the possible ramifications there. Yeah, and, all the people discounting Tommy because he wasn't shown like defending Janet. I think I don't think that's fair because I honestly think they wanted Janet to be the underdog and having like oh me too by the way <laughs> like yeah is just tacky. Like I don't know. I would not edit it that way because it's just like you don't want the story of one brave person stands beyond the pressures of society and also their friend that kind of helped them too. like it's very weird. Yeah, and it's like, do you really want to pile on like every single good thing about Tommy? Like mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, it just makes more sense to edit him last episode as you did where he was. This is how the game is working for me. Yep. As opposed to this is where I stand on this issue. So, yeah, um, I don't know. When I was making my contenders list, I definitely was like on the anyone but Tommy train. And then it was like, but it just seems so inevitable. And it feels like I'm reaching for anything else. <laughs> just, yeah. And I do he, think the, uh, anything else is possible, right? Because he is established as likable. And this season has been a tear, tear right. down of, of likability. So right. theoretically, I mean, he could get tear down. I am here for when he leaves next episode. Same. Like, amazing. The but... other thing I wanted to mention, and Aaron's next, so we'll kind of talk about this in tandem, I think. Um, in episode, like in the swap episode, we get Aaron and Tommy establish a deal. And it's basically, hey, Aaron, when you lose an immunity challenge, we're the two guys who are going to win all the immunity challenges. I won't vote you out. You won't vote me out. Deal? They agree to that. We, we, we immediately forecasted, okay, Aaron's going to get voted out as soon as he loses a challenge. It did happen. Mm-hmm. My theory, I guess, my pet theory here, I think Tommy's going to go on an immunity run. I think he's going to win a bunch of these challenges mm-hmm. later in the game and explains how he makes it despite the goat army. That's the path I see him going down. I think yeah. Tommy is actually our Rick Devins. It's just he's in such a good spot that he doesn't have to do that till like final seven. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's going to be scenarios where you're going to see a pre challenge scene of time to get Tommy out. He's such a huge threat. And then he wins immunity. Exactly. Then it's now what do we do? And yeah. And like uh, they established it with Aaron and Tommy as they're the immunity guys. And then we saw Aaron win. Mm -hmm. So it's clearly a theme and I feel like it's really good for Tommy. Mm -hmm. And He also didn't have to vote Aaron out. Yeah. That, I guess that was the wrinkle we weren't expecting. Yes. As we were like, Oh, Tommy's going to go back on this deal and be like, Bye, Aaron. But no, no Golden Tommy. They were not on the same plane of existence for that to happen. Yeah, which I <laughs> genuinely did not expect at all. Um, yeah, I figured it would have to cause that. I didn't even think about the Ghost Island thing. I thought it was such a disaster in Ghost Island. They wouldn't have to do it again. <laughs> so hmm. yeah, that's something. So Tommy doesn't even have. Tommy has no blood on his hands. How does Tommy lose a jury vote against anybody? He doesn't. <laughs> like I don't know. It's mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I guess we'll move to Aaron. Mm-hmm. And boy, did his story just like fizzle out. I was mm-hmm. like, they really did that to Aaron, huh? Or they were just like this solid, like always important person throughout the pre-merge. And I was like, well, he's headed to something big. And then it's honestly kind of like a boring way to, for him to go. Just Yeah. Yeah. And okay. So, I mean, I kind of praise this episode a little bit, but from the, I thought it was obvious from the minute Nora and confessional said, or Tommy and Nora and them were talking about how they were actually, um, who are they going to vote out? They were going to vote out Karishma Janet. first, Janet first. No, Karishma first, then Janet. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then Aaron's talking to Nora and is like, oh, so the plan was always to vote out Janet. Right. 
and like we knew that was the fake plan made me like and it was really early in the episode time i was like oh so aaron's gone because we just saw him have fake information so he's been lied to mm-hmm. the yeah. boat. yeah there are just a lot of like on the rewatch i can't say that i noticed it straight up um but on the rewatch you can just see a lot of scenes where the non-aaron people on that little group are the way they're being edited is are obviously just like discussing aaron is the main option like dean mm-hmm. even says let me like think about it for a bit like as though he's just making sure it's the right plan as opposed to actually mm-hmm. trying to discuss anything. So Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think he was just... And I mean, threat. yeah, other than that, it was so straightforward compared to the other group where it was like, do we vote out the sort of outsider underdog or do we vote out the physical threat? Like, Yep. And, uh, but I don't know. A weird, interesting character. Yeah, so like Aaron's narrative is he was a little overconfident at the start, but he was a big player who wanted people to play big as he said Mm -hmm. at the merge the merge is about figuring out if the relationships you've built throughout this game are real or if they're fabricated and he extended his life two extra rounds by winning two immunity challenge but i think the story that we're supposed to leave the game seeing with aaron is that the bonds that he made before the merge did not protect him he did not make good bonds and we kind of saw that with tommy him and tommy were super close and then it was dropped because Aaron started targeting Tommy. Yeah, um, I think that's a big reason it. he loses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in this episode, he's even like, this is the first real test of whether my alliance is stuck. And exactly. they did not. And so for me, kudos to the editors. He has a clear narrative from beginning. He has a good end. It ends a little bit like a fizzle, unfortunately. But like, mm-hmm. there's a narrative there. There's a story. It makes sense. It builds. This is the kind of thing, like, even Aaron gets a good edit, good story, and you can leave the thing being like, okay, that's what I did wrong. He won too many challenges, even says it in his final words, right? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I guess I just won too many challenges. Yeah. Don't win. Mm -hmm. Don't beast mode two challenges at the start. You're going to get voted at third. Like, yeah. Watch the Survivor season, but whatever. So that's Aaron. Do you have any thoughts on him? And I think that's all I could say about him. So now we come up to Missy, our... (laughs) Uh, man, like I've tweeted a lot about Missy because, okay, so Kelly is like maybe my all time favorite. So take her out of the equation. Missy's right there with Kelly, honestly. Like, I feel like they managed to cast two people that completely made every pre um existing person in their archetype look like a joke. Like Missy was, a, like I said last week, a level of cutthroat that we've never seen in the game of Survivor. And I don't even think it's close. I think Missy is one of the most strategic, intelligent, badass players we've ever seen. She was willing to go past the lines that most people consider acceptable, including me, honestly. I I don't think I could even almost do the kind of things that she was doing. But you want, like I said, you want people out there that want to win more than they want to breathe, that they'll try every little thing. And that was Missy. She keeps Karishma because... She thinks that she can use her as an extra vote and she wants a little bit more power, a little bit more leverage come the merge early mm-hmm. on. Brilliantly told story of Karishma being the end of Missy, right? Like Missy's yeah. inability to view people as people and not objects is what causes her to go. And I think it's a fantastic story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, she was obviously cut through before this episode, but it was just amazing to see the unraveling of her this episode where she just got like so into the game and you could see like how her like mindset works when approaching this game and i'm not saying it's the right mindset because obviously like she didn't win and i think she's more likely not to win than most 
times. Like, you know, but mm. like you could see like, even when she goes, like she's just so in that like game mindset that she like can't believe it. She's obviously so enthusiastic about it and like brokenhearted that she's leaving. Like it was a little uncomfortable. I come away like not liking Missy as much. Like that's just not the type of character I go for. Mm-hmm. But, like you can't deny that she is just like amazing casting, like such a good read to find this type of like player who is just like all out. Like absolutely to the extreme, like the strategy of Survivor is Missy and Carter. Exactly. And the thing is, like, okay, Dan made the game of Survivor extremely morally complicated and weird and gray. And I hope nothing like this ever happens in the game of Survivor again. Separate to that, Missy showed that she was willing to do anything. And I think that's fine. I can't, like I said last week, I can't hold Missy accountable for being put in a position that no other survivors have ever had to be in. And that's the thing is she really had like no one else has been stuck in that kind of spot before. I don't think, I don't think it's close. If you just (laughs) put her on a bog standard survivor season where there isn't someone as creepy and like horrible as Dan is, she's just a villain. She's the way she talks, like her confessional where she's like, and I walked up to uh, Karishma and I'm like, whatever. I'm sorry. Like feelings. (laughs) I don't care. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Amazing. Like she knows what she's doing. She knows she's, bad guy she knows she's a villain this is like professional wrestling heel type of stuff like grinch level they know they're the bad guy they're proud of it they're soaking up the camera they're chewing up the scenery like she's fully committed and it honestly breaks my heart that like she said in her last words she loved it so much she clearly had such a fun time she leaves in one of the greatest exits of all time like i don't think it's even close like kill her slowly methodically is one of the greatest greatest goodbye messages of all time Mm -hmm. And it, it honestly makes me very sad that, like she said, I would 100% play 60 more. I yeah. want to see Missy play 60 more days of Survivor. And because of Will, um, we see how CBS handles controversy and they just completely newer all. Like, I don't think a single person from this season is ever going to come back. Um, eh, I don't know. I get that feeling. But I also like they brought back Colton. And I was like, that's, that's an true. excellent point. Like, it really feels like they could. I think they can take the good from this season. Yeah. I guess I'm thinking too much of the Big Brother where no one in Big Brother 15 is allowed to come back. Like, regardless of if you're good or bad. Yeah. I I guess my biggest thing is, is what Missy did to, like, is she the top pick? Yeah, that's a fair point. Elizabeth might actually be there instead. Oh, that's not what I was thinking at all. I feel like Missy and Elizabeth might get like lumped with Dan as the bad yeah. people of the season. Oh yeah. Uh, to be clear, I meant other than Dan, other than oh, like, okay. Okay. Dan yeah. is obviously never coming back. Like there's right. If he yeah. does like, that's like cancelable leather, like where the, like, <laughs> like that's horrific. But other yeah, than Dan, yeah. I do think that Elizabeth might get the blame a little bit more than Missy. Missy might sneak in there, but mm-hmm. like I said, I don't think it's fair to hold them to that standard. Cause nobody, no matter who your favorite survivor player ever is, nobody's ever had to deal with something that rides the line between, like an actual crime and the game of survivor and winning like no one's ever had to deal with a like the um moral complexity of those two things to this degree like Mm -hmm. the alternative is missy gets voted out at the merge like she said like a punk she just gets voted out and does nothing about it and and people like her more right i can't hold her accountable for actually trying and succeeding so I don't know. Yeah. I love Missy. I'm so glad that she was on the season. Like I said, mm-hmm. if this is the only time she gets to play Survivor, 
I'm happy with the contribution she got, but please bring her back because just the way she thinks about the game, we need more of, honestly, we need more people that like, they don't care about anything else, but the, but the W right. Like, and she is funny. She's super like, I don't think there's been a character like her before. And it's just awesome. Yeah. And I think on a second, it'd be interesting to see what she's learned because Mm -hmm. I feel like her problems are so apparent. Like literally in the episode, she can look back and say, Oh, I shouldn't have treated people this way. Like I need to figure out some way to make the pieces on the board, the people they are, as opposed to just the pieces I see them as. Exactly. And like, sure. I've been talking a lot about how she's a villain, how she's cut through. She's also so insightful and wise when Mm -hmm. she was like, her goodbye like before the vote when she's like jeff i love you but and she goes on this beautiful speech like i know last season last week we and a lot of people said like cast more jamal honestly cast more people with the woke and sensitive thought process that missy had like despite being cutthroat in the game she also wanted to acknowledge the powerful transformative moments changing in our culture that's happening in the game of survivor too and she was able to be both. She was able to wink at the camera and be like, I'm the bad guy. <laughs> duh. And also be like, but you should also, even though you want to hate, to hate me, you should also Jeff realize that something really important just happened and you didn't acknowledge it. And I wish you did. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Like, I don't know. I love Missy. I know. Like, I'm sure a lot of people will not like that take, but um, I'll stand by it. I think Missy's fantastic. And yeah, I'm sad that yeah. she's gone. I would say I think she's good casting that like the way her story ended is just like, I don't know. like, it's too much. I feel for me, but that's like how I see the game. Like I get it, but like, I also feel, I don't know, just, but a good casting regardless. Like I would love to see her back still and see how she plays and what's changed and what's not and what happens. And honestly, I love that she was committed to the girls Alliance. Like, it's clear from beginning and and she was really thinking about that. She was really thinking, okay, girls get voted out first. How do I make that not happen? Okay, minorities get voted out next. Well, how do I make sure that doesn't happen? And you look back and you see that she really did care about that. Like she has a cogent narrative. It was really well told. Again, hats off to the editors. This is one of my favorite seasons, despite everything. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, Joe, who's winning? Uh, our winner is uh, Nora Salmon. Oh yeah. No, it's Tommy. It's Tommy. And I don't have anyone else. I have my like group of possibilities, which is uh, Elaine, Janet, Karishma. But like, no, it's just Tommy. Yeah, for me, it's Tommy, blank, um, <laughs> Karishma. <laughs> and honestly, it might even be Dan next. Yeah. I but mean, I don't like, I don't want to even like consider it. You know what I mean? I don't want to write it down. Right. Okay, sing it because I podcast to my feelings. But um, I don't want to actually write it down, like jinx yeah. anything. So that's that. Mm-hmm. Who's leaving next? I think I've been sort of thinking it might be Lauren. Yep, I agree. But I don't know. I'm excited just to see how this all pans out. No, Maybe I'm stoked. It's Dean or the one thing I feel is like, I feel like the best characters are probably like sticking around another episode. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think Christmas going Nora, maybe, but like, it doesn't feel like her time yet. Janet, maybe, but like, I don't know. I feel like we're not going to. Who's anyone too major? And the I said that Tommy loving Lauren. Could be voting out Tommy. Like, uh, any, any narrative where Tommy gets voted out next. Like, I do like Tommy. Like, don't get me wrong. I think he's a cool dude. Like, he's my preseason winner pick. But 
uh like please no like <laughs> yeah he's fine but he's so like boring yes like if tommy goes like everything explodes yeah if tommy goes next episode best season ever not even close like to me anyway like because it means that they actually committed to the likability is liability theme to its logical end you know what i mean like yeah. like something wacky like mm-hmm. it's gabon it's gabon 2.0 mm-hmm so that would be awesome. I'm really hoping it's Tommy, but let's be real. It's probably Lauren. And then Tommy gets like a heroic moment afterwards. Yeah. Big Red's so sad. Yeah. Big Red's so sad. Um, Big sad. <laughs> Not even Big Red. And like we even have, like I guess this is like we have the uh, Dean versus Tommy, um, like basketball rivalry and stuff. Like mm-hmm. with it being Detective Dean, who's now a member of the GOAT army. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I think the big thing is I just after these two boots, I have no idea what the dynamics are going to end up. Like, is Janet really back in with like the majority? Like, is Elizabeth in any sort of strong position where she can slowly and methodically kill Elaine? Like, just a a lot of mysteries for next episode. Yeah, no, like there's a lot of plot threads. Like this episode was a cliffhanger. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's awesome. Like I like I know a lot of people really wanted them to address stuff more head on. And, and I did too, but I get why they couldn't because it's probably a little bit more complicated. And as a result, we now have the next episode with so many plot threads that they've clearly been paying attention to that next episode could be one of the greatest episodes of all time. If they handle it, mm-hmm. they got a lot of, um, a lot of like story threads that they can like sew together to be like a beautiful quilt of storytelling, you know? Yeah. And don't forget uh, Sandra's gonna get medevaced due to a chicken bite. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, really? Did you not see the next time on where like Sandra gets bitten by a chicken? I somehow missed that. I remember the goat <laughs> army. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sandra's eating and she like a chicken comes up. Which who knows where they got a chicken? And the chicken comes up and like nips at her finger. No way. How did I miss that? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. I, that would be hilarious if the one medevac is Sandra from Island of the Idols. Oh, that'd be funny. Mm. Cool. Well, that's our show. Uh, you can email us at us at thewinneredit at gmail.com, as a lot of you guys did. We read every uh, new episodes on Fridays, Saturdays, or Sundays. Depends when we record, when I edit, all that kind of good stuff. Mm-hmm. We're on all major podcast catchers. Please review us on iTunes. It would mean a lot. Uh, you can follow me at Danny Kills Bees. I usually live tweet the show. You can follow Joe at J Chapman 9000. I don't live tweet the show. Sometimes, you, I don't know, you have like a mixed live tweeting repertoire. I mean, I just have a mixed Twitter presence. Yeah, I've been trying to be more <laughs> consistent, but uh, it's tough. Like, yo, like, mad respect. Like, if any listeners are out there, think about your favorite influencers who are able to just like constantly live tweet yeah. to pay attention to things. How do you do it? um just like no just like tweet regularly and be like confident to be like this is a good tweet i'm putting up. oh yeah no like, i all the time i i send out a tweet and then i'm like i typoed it i delete it repost it like is that does everyone do that is it just me i'm mm-hmm. just like who would care about this why am i doing this <laughs> right <laughs> yeah yeah as as always apologies to all um survivor. what'd cool. you say apologies to all what my real life friends who don't watch survivor oh <laughs> That I'm sure hate me for spam tweeting every Wednesday, but whatever. Mm. Cool. So that's our show. Peace out. Yeah. Bye.